truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome to The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. If you would like to join us, 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And for those of you listening today via Blaze Radio or on the podcast, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, I, I think we need some uh, some rules for mass shootings, which as um, as Western civilization and its offshoots in places like New Zealand continue to decline, you will see more and more violence like this as well. Uh, I think this requires some rules of engagement. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that uh, coming up a little bit later on in this hour. Next hour, we'll continue our study through my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. All that and more coming your way here today, live and on demand on The Blaze. One of the cool things, though, we get to do here at The Blaze is support noble and worthwhile causes. Maybe the most worthwhile cause of them all is taking the word of God to the ends of the earth. And that's what our friends at Back to Jerusalem are trying to do. Particularly, they're targeting what are called closed countries. These are countries that have closed their people off to the hope and inspiration of God's word for a simple reason. Uh, they don't want them to be hope-filled and inspired. Uh, They don't want them to be inspired to throw off the shackles of their own sin because people who tend to do that then turn around and say to government, you know, I kind of don't want government imposing its sinfulness on me either. So oppressive regimes repress the Bible uh, in places like communist China, Somalia, Iran, and North Korea. If you want to do something about this, join up with our friends at Back to Jerusalem. They have taken the Word of God and put it in an electronic form, not much bigger than a large pill, uh, in order to make it easier uh, to sneak past the gatekeepers in these closed countries, but they need our help. $15 from each one of us gets the Word of God into one of these countries, basically the cost of you and somebody you know going to a fast food lunch today. Uh, Look them up at blazehelp.org. That's blazehelp.org, 844-305-0566 is the number, 844-305-0566. And now, here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by another mass shooting. Last Thursday, a gunman attacked two Christchurch New Zealand mosques, killing 50 people. The gunman released a manifesto before his rampage detailing his hatred of immigration policies, Donald Trump, and how he wished to start a civil war in the United States. We've learned more in one day about the worst mass shooting ever in a country on the other side of the equator than we've learned in 531 days about the worst mass shooting in our country, which took place in one of our most surveillanced cities. Now, I'd let you sample some of the hot takes on Twitter and the rest of the media universe, but there's really no point in doing so with that cesspool, especially when it comes to a story like this. Instead, I'll show you what progressivism is. Progressivism is getting in the face of and yelling at a fellow progressive who happens to be pregnant and blaming her for a mass shooting. This, this right here 
is the result of a massacre stoked by people like you and the words that you put out into the world. And I want you to know that and I want you to feel that deep inside. The 49 people died because of the rhetoric that you put out there. I don't think what I don't does think I'm sorry you feel that way mean? What does that mean? According to the Christian Post, it's an increasingly dangerous time to be a Christian in Nigeria. Over 120 people have been killed and over 140 homes have been destroyed by the Fulani militant group since February. A curfew has been imposed in some of the areas hardest hit by the violence. Moving on, Reuters has been releasing a little bit of research about one Beta O'Rourke recently. One story involves some of his teenage writings where he fantasizes about killing people, including running over children. The same story details how he was a part of a notorious hacker group in his younger days called Cult of the Dead Cow. Here's the issue with Reuters doing this now. They openly admit they had these stories back when O'Rourke was running for Senate against Ted Cruz and agreed not to run with them. Nancy Pelosi, ladies and gentlemen. I myself... Personally, I'm not speaking for my caucus. I myself have always been for lowering the the voting age to 16. I think it's really important to capture kids when they're in high school, when they're interested in all of this, when they're learning about government to be able to vote. General Joseph Dunford dropped a bombshell on Google and their work with foreign governments. I I just want to make sure that I understand uh, exactly what you're saying. You're telling me that Google, an American company, supposedly, is refusing to work with the Department of Defense, but is doing work in China, with China in China in a way that at least indirectly benefits the Chinese government. General, you're nodding your head. Do you want to weigh in on this? No, Senator, I'm, I'm nodding your head on exactly the point that you made, that the, the work that Google is doing in China is, direct, is indirectly benefiting the Chinese military. And, uh, and I've been very public on this issue as well. In fact, the way I described it to our industry partners is, look, we're the good guys in the, in the, the values that we represent and the, in the system that we represent is the one that will allow and has allowed you to thrive. And, uh, and that's the way I've characterized it. So I, I was just nodding that what the secretary was articulating is a general sense of all of us as leaders. And we watch with great concern when industry partners work in China, knowing that there is that indirect benefit. And frank, frankly, indirect may be, uh, may be not a full characterization of the way it really is. It's more of a direct benefit to the Chinese military. A punk tried to get one over on an Australian politician. And finally, Ice-T says, Social media has made too many of you comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the mouth for it. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends at realestateagentsitrust.com. Spring, just about here. Later this week, that means it is house hunting, house selling season. If you are thinking of taking advantage of the warmer weather to buy or sell a house this year, make sure you check out our friends at Real Estate Agents I Trust, a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates uh, about six years ago because they were concerned that they kept running into real estate agents who talked a good game but then didn't deliver the goods when they were needed the most. And what sets this apart from other real estate agent referral services is those are really done to help real estate agents find a customer. In this case, this is done for you, the customer, to find the right real estate agent. Agents that have volunteered to be scrutinized, to be transparent, to be vetted and held accountable. If you want to learn more, or if you just want to skip ahead to selling and buying your home uh, for the right price and at the right time, 
check out the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. All one word. Yeah, it's long, but there's a reason for that. Realestateagentsitrust.com. There are several things happening um, in Aaron's montage today. Uh, the new the the fallout and the narratives back and forth on the shooting in New Zealand. We're going to get into that uh, in the next uh, segment of the show, and I, I think it requires a little more uh, discussion, maybe a standalone discussion, because I think it's another symptom of living in two living in a culture with two, uh, I guess, hostile cultures vying for uh, supremacy hegemony at the exact same time. So we're going to get into that coming up a little bit later on. Um, I, I could point out Christians being killed in Nigeria doesn't make nearly the headlines uh, as members of another religious group being killed tragically in both cases. But what's the difference? Well, one fits a narrative that um, and you know an, an enemy media it wants to uh, shove down your throat, and the other doesn't. So I think we all know that. Is that kind of asked and answered, Your Honor? Yes. Yeah. So we can we can kind of move on. Um, the let's start at the the very back end of Aaron's montage, though. If anybody writes truer words in 2019, that isn't a direct quote of the scriptures in context. That is just merely, you know, human observation off the top of their head. If anybody writes a truer tweet in 2019, I would like to see it. Because you want a truth bomb? Ice-T dropped one right there. Absolutely. People run in their mouths on social media in ways that they would have never done in person because they would have gotten punched in the mouth for it. And and man, I, I even see it with the kids. I've talked about this before. I I can't believe sometimes what the with kids even in the youth group at church say to each other in a in a group text because, you know, no one's going to do anything because it's zero tolerance, don't you know? I mean, there there is I I understand nobody wants Lord of the Flies, right? We're not advocating for the for Lord of the Flies here or the Law of the Jungle, but there's mm-hmm. there should be there should be <laughs> Are we desperate enough that we might consider it? Pass the conch, Peggy. <laughs> but there's, there's got to be some place where the the natural law of sowing and reaping is given some room, right? I remember. For let me give you an example. Uh, when when I moved to Des Moines, my junior year in high school, after growing up in Michigan for several years, and my mom got homesick and wanted to come back to Des Moines to be with her family, so we came back here for a year, and I went to Lincoln High School, uh, which was the at the time the largest uh, high school in uh, the state of Iowa. And I went to a, a suburban, mid-sized school. We were kind of our our nickname it no longer exists. It was it's been morphed into another school. But the school I went to in, in Mich- suburban Grand Rapids, it was nicknamed Holiday High by the other suburbs because we were known for getting half day offs and vacation days and stuff and in service days for everything. You know, um, and I was you know part of the uh, in crowd at that school. Now I moved to Des Moines. I'm in the I'm at the largest school. Uh, in the state, my first class is Jim. That's never good. Okay, you don't ever want your first class to ever be Jim. Okay, and I mean, a dude is literally rolling a blunt. A guy named Floyd is literally rolling a blunt in the locker room. I mean, this is totally different. Okay, from where I was coming from, you know. And uh, there was a kid named Nick that decided he was going to pick on me and bully me, and I let it go for about a week or two. Uh, because you, you got to know what the I don't I don't know what the what the rules of engagement here are. 
Like, I don't know if, because here's the thing. If I, if I step to Nick day one, five other dudes, I don't know. I've never heard of, you know what I'm saying? Like he may be a, he may be the advanced team, you know, for how things work around here. So I, I got to figure out, you know, first and foremost, plus I'm, you know, it's not like, you know, I find Nick all that intimidating. So I'm going to, I'm going to put up with it for a week or two just to see if, if Nick's kind of his own free agent here trying to make impress some girls or make some bones or, you know, if, if he's part of a, a larger uh, presence that I, I need to be aware of. Right. Sure. So I let it go for a week or two. And after a while I, I figure out that uh, Nick's kind of doing this on his own, you know, so I'm going to wait when the time was right. And I'm going to let Nick know that we're just, uh, we're not doing this here, you know? And so we're playing basketball in gym. I steal the ball from Nick, go in for a breakaway layup. And he runs down the court and undercuts me, shoves me in the back, so I essentially fall face first down on the court. And I landed with a large enough thud that it stopped the entire gym class. I got up, grabbed the basketball. He's standing there looking at me like, what are you going to do about it? I grabbed the basketball. I walked within a good, maybe only five feet of him. And I launched that ball at his face as hard as I possibly could. And I jumped him and beat the crap out of him right there in gym class. And the gym teacher let it happen. Because there needed to be some justice, some natural law needed to take place. And then when it was obvious that, you know, Nick is essentially uh, in a fetal position, it's kind of like a fight in hockey. You let him go, get it out of their system. And then when one guy pulls the sweater off the other one and it's clear he has an advantage to pummel him, that's when the officials will kind of step in. And we're guys and, you know, the testosterone, as easily as it emerges, it, it, when, it, when it is satisfied, it will just as easily subside, right? Uh, gym teacher came in, let it go. And, um, Nick and I got along great rest of the year. I had no other problems, right? That that's the way we used to roll around here. We don't do any of that anymore. And instead what we do now is everything is zero tolerance, except you can say whatever you want without any fear of repercussion on social media whatsoever. And I think that's what ice tea is tapping into. And I don't know what you guys think, man, but, uh, from his lips to God's ears, as far as I'm concerned on that one. Hey, uh, he's, uh, and he's the kind of guy we needed to say it to at least get the ball rolling on this, uh, you know, because, you know, Ice-T don't play. Uh, but he, he's, 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 once, he's once says, more. says the ginger white guy in the yeah. Carlisle High School please. track suit. Please, Todd, once more. Hold on, yeah, do that posterity. again. And, and, and make sure you frame that shot. Can yeah. you say that one more time? Yeah. I, I'm sorry, go ahead, Todd, yes. Ice-T. Don't play. <laughs> <laughs> that was even better. That was even better. Anyway, finish your point. That was it. Oh, okay. I, did Ice-T don't play? Yeah. I mean, no, I, I, asked and answered. Yeah, we've said it twice now. Of, yes. of course, if you confront a Twitter tough guy by saying, um, you would never say this to my face in person, uh, they always come back with, well, the so-and-so is advocating violence. Why do you jump to that? Right. <laughs> Conclusion. Right. It, because you have a you have a very punchable face yeah. and we both realize it, yeah. right? Again, I ask, I let me ask all of you within the sound of my voice. Have you ever, ever met a member of the Twitter mob in your life? Has anyone ever come up to you at a game, in a music park, uh, at an airport, anywhere? Family gathering. Hi, I'm with the Twitter mob. Any you ever met that person? Well, and when they do show up? It's, you know, Beavis there with his egg and his phone. And look, yes. I got you, I got you. you yeah, know. I don't even know what the politics of that Australian politician is. I don't care. He has my vote right now. Yes, yes. Inevitably, 
and he, he nobody was in danger of any kind of a serious injury that was the, the, the this is sometimes you, you just got to people need to be spanked sometimes a foot needs to be bro, needs to be uh, broken off in a backside you know sometimes and we've we've kind of lost sight of all of those things and i say this hey i grew up in an abusive household you know, I've, I've been hit with bell buckles. I've had beer spit in my face. I, I grew up, I know, I can tell you what abuse looks like. All the t- But all the times Dave Day spanked me, I deserved it every damn time. That, I was never abused once with, 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 with a belt to my backside. All the other stuff that went on, that was abuse, you know? Um, and the, 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 the no accountability at all that I can just passive aggressively do and say whatever I want to you. Uh, and this is why there's fighting in hockey. Well, there's two reasons why. One is because cool. fans like to watch. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Chicks right? take the long ball? <laughs> yes. Here's the other reason why. Here we have highly conditioned athletes in pre- primo physical condition, which means that testosterone is raging, right? And they're 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 playing a sport at breakneck speed. And what are they carrying the entire time? Sticks. Sticks. And what do they do with those sticks before the game? Do you know what they do? And as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. What do they do before they do that hockey? You know what they do with the sticks? They sharpen their sticks. So they're 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 going around at breakneck speed with what amounts to a weapon. So if they took fighting out of it totally, if they said there was no law, no natural law consequences whatsoever. What would male energy do when it feels like it's been wronged and it doesn't have a filter or time to stop and think twice about how to react? What will it do? I have a sharp stick in my hand. Yes, it will. Yeah. That's why they, that's the other reason why they allow it. There needs to be the way that my gym teacher handled it when I was that year at junior high school was perfect. He gave me an opportunity to stand up for myself. And by the way, if I couldn't have, and they, if I, I'm fully confident that if Nick had got the better of me, he would have stepped in there too, you know, and then probably pulled me aside and said, kid, you're going to really have to kick his ass after school. Otherwise, everyone's going to pick on you all year long, you know, but you know what that is? That's also a metaphor for life. Because what do we have a tendency? Who do we have a tendency to target in any competitive environment? The low lying fruit every single time. Right. Which means you don't want to be who that (laughs) you don't want to be that. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, less Hallmark, more iced tea. That's a Hallmark card. In fact, maybe when I'll start giving my kids. The one part I did want, he's the only guy who could say it. But you know what he introduced in here? The best sort of male privilege. You know, you know, you have broken the dude code. Yes. And it will now be enforced with yes. this brand of short and sweet male privilege. It, it must happen. I was going to, um, and I hope I have time to get to it. The Beto Reuters story is another reminder that I think needs, every time this comes up, and we are reminded of this, it needs to be reinforced, all right? But as I was watching the montage, and I'm watching the clip of the general talk to Senator Hawley in uh, Missouri, um, who's only been in office for a couple of months, but I like the fact he's already asking questions that the system doesn't want to have to answer. He did it with a, the judicial nomination process a couple of weeks ago, and now he's doing it here. And as I'm watching this clip, a thought occurred to me in real time that I've not really had time to vet or filter, so you guys tell me what you think about it, okay? So it's like an instant reaction to this. 
I, I, I sense there's going to be tension. And maybe we're already past that point and we just haven't recognized it. The conservative in me has a, has a natural disdain. Let me rephrase that. The limited government advocate in me has a natural disdain for telling a company like our government or any government telling a company like a Google who it can and cannot do business with. But I have a, I, 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 where is the line between that? And now when they are aiding, when, when my generals that work for me that are on my payroll are under oath telling me, because this is a civilian-led military. So who's in charge? We are. So, so that's our general. That's our empl- Google doesn't work for us. Our general does, though. So let's take this in another context. If one of your employees came to you and said, hey, we are providing a, bene- a, a, a beneficiary environment for a, corporation, for a corporation in another industry, and the environment that we are providing to their benefit, they are then turning around and using that to align with our direct competitor. How would we feel about that? But we, uh, uh, yeah, I, I want to take this first. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if you were done. I wasn't sure if that was one of those Shatner prizes, uh, Steve. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. But this is not that difficult. Legally, a, a corporation is a what? Uh, a corporation is a person. Mm-hmm. If a person directly works for the benefit of a foreign military, what would we call that person? A traitor. A yeah. traitor. So yeah. what is Google? That's, that, that's what we're kind of, uh, that's it, kind of what we're, uh, That's some solid put, deductive reasoning. Do you disagree, Todd? No, particularly since, and this is in line with what we just got done talking about and have talked about several cases with uh, Twitter and social uh, media. It, it, it's, it would be one thing, uh, the, the gray area, if they were providing services to multiple nations, yet there was a slippery slope in one particular nation. But he just got done flat out saying, we can't, Google won't even do business with us. So it's like you said, Ma Bell said, they won't even give us a phone number. Right. That it, this is heinous. I and and listen, the generals aren't always right. Afghanistan, um, uh, um, sure, yep. But they are. The difference between the generals and Google is they're directly accountable to us. And and by the way, when the generals are typically wrong, it's because they uh, swerve into the progressive worldview of companies like Google. So when I have my progressive Pentagon, which has been totally taken, mostly taken over by progressives in this era. When the progressive Pentagon is coming to our con- our halls of Congress, the people's house, and under oath, they are telling us, the, the people, that um, Google is literally aligning with a direct competitor. At the very least, we ought to be hauling the guy who runs Google uh, under oath uh, to answer some uncomfortable questions about that. At the very least. And I, I think this is where we're going to have to, as we see more and more of corporate America become more and more leftist. The conservative, this is where, what's the hierarchy of values for us as conservatives? Like, I'm, like I'm, I, I believe greatly in limited government because I don't believe in human nature. That's why I believe in limited government. Because I don't think human beings are basically good. But I'm not trying to conserve progressive government. I'm not trying to conserve globalism, Right. I'm trying to I'm trying to conserve things that I think are worthy of conservation, worthy of conserving. Um, if I wanted us to be more like China, where would I move? 
Well, and that's maybe where these companies should go. Because maybe if you're willing to reap then. the blessings of this country while simultaneously trying to tear it down, hey, buy a bus pass. Go. Yeah, I, I have a problem with that. And I don't think you have to be some white nationalist. I mean, you know, we saw corporate America from Walt Disney to to the Ford Motor Company to the uh, the the advent of the plastics industry all work alongside um, our Pentagon and our military interests at a time that we felt that our culture was literally at stake, like World War II, for example. What you're telling me really is you find their culture morally equivalent to ours. Well, then, you know, why Why then should... This is the argument you were having with Eric Bowling a few months ago mm-hmm. with Amazon in That's New York, exactly right? right? Why should I provide a shelter from statist regulation so that you can then go out there and say, we're going to advance everything else statism wants without then paying for the regulations on top of that. Who's the idiot here? Exactly. I am. We're the idiots. We're the ones saying, you you know what? We're going to protect you from the part of statism you don't like. So make all the money you want. But then we're going to let you advance all the cultural values of statism while we're letting you lie in your pockets at the same time. We are we're we're giving them the cow, you know, I mean, and and the milk for free. Both. Why why is that a good deal for the American taxpayer, citizen, patriot, consumer? Why? And I think this is something that the smart set on the right that loves the, you know, emerge, you know, loves the that bathed in the Chevron doctrine. And loves the, uh, the, you know, is sitting uh, there, um, you know, three blocks from the Capitol, eagerly anticipating the next white paper from Cato. Uh, I think they're going to have to figure this out because there's a lot of people that aren't Marxist and aren't communists and don't believe in Medicare for all that are wondering why in the same hell am I giving Google a free market environment that lets them become the, one of the most powerful corporations in the history of humanity, only so then they can become a strategic military ally of China. And I'm not a white, I'm not an alt-right white nationalist for asking that question. You know what I am? I'm a damned American. That's what I am. Because who did most of the bleeding, dying, and bill paying around here so companies like Google could have the opportunity to become as big and powerful as they are? People like you did. So why are we sitting around and just, oh, ho-hum, you know, hey, they're working with China, you know, that's okay. Why is that okay? Okay. Not okay. This is, I think we're going to have to have an ongoing conversation about what does limited government mean when corporations are acting outside of the vested interest of the principles and values that you're trying to conserve? What does that mean? You've already answered this with your take on how we should handle the Middle East and foreign affairs. like um, A case-by-case basis, no dogmatic. Do whatever you want to, just leave us alone. But you step over this line and it's clear, Mm -hmm. hey, punch in the mouth. Yeah, the the problem here, just to be completely clear with with Google, is not that they don't want to work with our defense uh, department. That's that's fine. They they have their own right. Uh, But there's that, and then they go one step beyond, uh, maybe several steps beyond that, according to the general where they're providing a direct or at uh, best indirect benefit to a foreign military. Right. Well, that's an important distinction you're drawing. While saying, uh, yeah, we're not going to work with 
our domestic military on anything. That's that's where the problem comes in. That's an important distinction because I also think we have to recognize whether we like it or not, whether you like it or not, we have to accept reality. And this is a global marketplace for companies like Google. So uh, I understand if they have a higher threshold than the Ford Motor Company did in 1942 sure. um, in terms of uh, picking a side, particularly when we're really talking about you know, various forms of Cold War economic uh, socio-hegemony interest, okay? So if they want to say, hey, we're Switzerland here, we're, we're the Swiss bank, you know, we can't get involved, and they want to be a safe space, I, I think you, it's fine even granting them that. I'm not, I'm not demanding that they violate that. That was my earlier point, yeah. But, but, does, but when I hear one of our generals say they are directly helping one of our strategic uh, adversaries, I'm not saying we take that general's word for it automatically, but I, I'd sure as hell like to know what Google's side of that story is. I think you haul them in and you find out what, the other, what, what their explanation for that is. Because that, that's a, oh, hell no, if you ask me. No, no, no. we are not exempting you from the, re, from the Chinese regulatory state so then you can help um, the Chinese on the back end spread their cultural hegemony uh, throughout uh, the civilized world. We're not, we're, not, we're not doing that. Although, according to that general... Uh, apparently, we are. <laughs> All right. Um, the Beto thing, quickly, one more last reminder. This isn't biased media. It's opposition media. And it's not fake news. It's the advanced comms team for a hostile invading force. More in a moment. So you might think I've got identity theft protection. I'm not sweating it uh, when I uh, hear or read a story about um, another data breach at a major lender, uh, for example, or a hotel chain. But keep this in mind. Um, it, first of all, if you don't have identity theft protection, you should. Uh, but keep this in mind. That, that doesn't necessarily protect you from folks using your identity uh, with you know third-party vendors or, or third-party sites where you do business online. For example, this is one of the reasons why uh, the feds are saying one of the new scams that's, uh, that's kind of hot among scammers is what's called home title fraud. Because even if they can't flat out, uh, you know, thieve your identity, what they now have, if they, you know, do a data breach of a major bank is they might have your checking account number, last four digits of a social security number. Uh, they might have... Um, a middle initial, a maiden name. And instead of using it in a way that would alert your identity theft protection, like, you know, jumping on your PayPal account or applying for a credit card in your name, that's going to activate your identity theft protection right away. Instead, they kind of do this a little passive aggressively. Uh, they'll look at, you know, the most valuable investment most Americans have is their own home. Uh, those home titles are now all online. So they'll go to the website in your community where that stuff is kept. They'll claim they're you, and then they'll use that information, that checking account number, whatever, that you have said before, hey, this is how I verify that I'm me. They now use that to log into a site like that, forge a signature. And before you know it, you're like this couple right now uh, in Philadelphia that keeps seeing their home put up for sale by some dude in North Carolina because this is happening to them right now. Don't let it happen to you. Protect the most valuable investment most Americans will ever have for just pennies a day with our friends at home title lock. They'll put that virtual barrier around your home's title. They'll protect your investment. And who knows?
knows you may have already been targeted. You might already be vulnerable. Find out with a free title scan and report today by logging on to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. So we had another mass shooting in uh, New Zealand this time. And I'm really struggling with this on a personal level because I'm, I feel like I'm not being permitted to have earnest, sincere sadness. That I'm not permitted to really have my heart broken when I see this reminder of man's inhumanity to man because the world I live in and work in which for the most part is great. And it beats going down a mine shaft with a flashlight. But I, I, I watch everybody sort of square off and stake out their turf. And that's never more obvious than consider. New Zealand is on the other side of the equator, guys. We're just going into spring here. They're just going into fall down there. New Zealand is on the other side of the equator. And we already know more about the worst mass shooting in a country a half planet away. It's a half a planet away, guys. We know more about a mass shooting there than we do about the worst mass shooting in our own history, which other than Washington, D.C. and New York, occurred in probably the most surveillanced city in this country, Las Vegas. And we virtually know nothing about how and why it was pulled off. And many of the same people, very certain of their narratives about a shooting that took place a half a planet away over the weekend, don't seem all that intellectually curious. Have you noticed that? Mm -hmm. About similar numbers of dead and wounded in their own backyard. In a city where you don't go to a porta potty without being on film somewhere in Las Vegas. You don't. And we don't know anything, really. And it's been now 534 days, and we don't know anything. And the FBI even closed the case and said, we know nothing. We know nothing. We don't know anything. We're, we're, we, we are, uh, we're, we got, we're looking for P-tapes and the Steele dossier, so we don't know anything. So in light of that reality, and in light of the reality that with Reuters admitting over the weekend, it withheld damaging information on Beto O'Rourke because it wanted effectively didn't want to hurt his candidacy against Ted Cruz. But now that it maybe prefers a non-white male Democrat, it's now going to tell the truth about all the oppo it has on Beto O'Rourke. Another reminder, it's not biased media. It's opposition media. They're not fake news. It's propaganda. It is the advanced comms team of a hostile invading force. So then how should we conduct ourselves in light of these realities? I have 10, I originally was going to call them commandments, but maybe I would change it to sincere suggestions. Because now that I look at the list, I'm open to this to negotiation here. 10 sincerities. 10 sincerities. I like that. Okay. 10 sincerities. And Aaron's like, why don't you tell me this before I prepare the yeah. graphic? I always said I'd need at least, <laughs> at least three seconds to prepare, and you only gave me two this time. All right. So let's start with number one. All right. Uh, Twitter's not America. I don't know that we can say that enough, man. Twitter is not America. 
80% of all Twitter accounts are from outside of the U.S., okay? Only about a quarter of Americans have a Twitter account, and the amount of them that have an active account with more than 1,000 followers is a fraction. Twitter is not America. It, it formulates a lot of the headlines Americans see, but it doesn't represent the American people either. So keep that in mind, first and always. Number two, don't be in a hurry to be wrong. I, I remember when the Sandy Hook shooting happened, and the radio network I was on at the time got mad at me. That I would not jump on the air and you know begin having a political debate as we are literally po pulling bodies of children about the ages of my own at the time out of there in body bags. I'm pretty competitive, man. I don't know anybody who can become um, I was going to say as intense. Other people might define it as desperation to win than me. <laughs> all right, but you know, to everything there is a time and a season. Especially because all the debates we were going to have while we're still pulling the bodies out of there, we're going to have them all on the Monday. That, was, that shooting took place on a Friday, if I recall. Those debates, are they all still going to be there on Monday, Todd? They will. Yeah. Maybe we could mourn first. Maybe. You and know? I, Go ahead. I'm a cautionary tale along those lines, you know, with the Covington Catholic thing. And I'm particularly prone to being hardest on my tribe abo above all. And uh, when it, that first came out, I, I quickly said, not be, and it wasn't for any sense of needing to get race out front, but I was mad. Uh, and I said, you know, that kid should get expelled. Now, I, I do believe that that group of boys that we've gone into this did not behave uh, like angels. But in as as quickly as I found out that there was a different side of the story, I instantly went online. I apologize and retracted. So there's multiple motivations that could come in. I, I'm, I'm frustrated with my church across the board, and that bled into an assessment of this. But that that's the point Steve is making. Um, just sometimes get whatever, the 10-second rule when you drop food on the ground, whatever. Yeah. Have a rule for yourself just so you can properly vet your emotions. In general, if you, I wouldn't go so far as say to run the other way, but in general, if you stand still while the Twitter mob all runs in one direction three seconds after a story occurs, you're going to be in pretty good company. Doesn't mean the Twitter mob's always wrong. It's not always wrong. But your odds of being wrong with them greatly diminish if we just stay right where we are while they overreact and over-emote, okay? Number three, uh, uh, Twitter's not America. I thought we should reinforce that point. Uh, number four, therefore, anything you say on Twitter, it can only hurt you in these instances. It will probably do almost no good, no good whatsoever, the odds of it changing anything for the better are the odds of we of me winning a sexiest man alive uh, for People Magazine this year. It, it 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 won't change any minds. You won't present some pro gun argument. Somebody's that was just in the heat of this mass shooting, we just hadn't thought of yet. You know what? You're right. No, 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 no. no. It, it can only hurt you. Okay. I mean, it, it, it. There is no benefit. Zip, zilch, zero, nada. Negative integers, no benefit at all. No, it won't win anything. Okay. At best, you'll just join your side of the Twitter mob and scream and yell at the other one. But, you know, and maybe if you're bored on a Saturday, okay, but that's really all we're doing here.
because of number five. Opposition media isn't interested in facts, only narrative. Pushing back on them accomplishes nothing because Twitter is not America. There is not a, a, a cadre of great unwashed hanging out on Twitter after a mass shooting in between these two mobs yelling and throwing rocks at each other that's just going back and forth like they're watching a tennis match thinking, oh, that's a good point. I haven't thought. No, no, no. You know why? No. And by the way, that's probably true on every issue. You know why? Because Twitter's not America. So there's no great cadre of unwashed on Twitter, yeah. period. On any issue, how period. Much, how much do you think what's trending on Twitter aligns with what's trending in America, generally speaking, on any given day? Uh, you know what? Just go. You know what? It's funny you should say that. Let's do this right now before I finish this point. Twitter moments, okay? Here's, I, I, I almost never click on this unless it's by accident, okay? So I, uh, th- this is one of the few times I've ever intentionally clicked on Twitter moments, all right? So these are the moments Twitter's telling me these are the things trending right now that I need to pay attention to, all right? Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio travel back in time to 1969. Apple announces updates to the iPad Air and iPad Mini. Fed's raided office of Trump fundraiser Elliot Brody in money laundering probe. John Oliver and Monica Lewinsky address uh, her affair. Disturbing Walking Dead episode leaves fans shocked. Heading back to school after a break can be quite the ordeal. Here's why J.K. Rowling's comments on sexuality, I don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. A water shortage in Manila. And Obama White House economist Alan Kruger dies. That's those are the top things on my. So if I just went down, knocked on every house, the door of every house in my suburban Des Moines neighborhood, how many of them do you think are talking about any of these things? Maybe the Apple thing. Maybe that's the only one that has any chance, don't you think? The only probably one? the only one. Okay. So back to point number five. There is no cadre of great unwashed waiting to see. Wow, you guys, that's the best Second Amendment argument I've never heard. That person's not paying attention. Um, So engaging with the other side, particularly opposition media, literally, if you want something far more constructive to do, I have an idea, okay? Find out which way the wind is blowing into your home, either the front door or the back, okay? Choose 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 the entrance where the wind is blowing into the home and just open up the door. Drop trial and, uh, 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 you know, relieve your, uh, uh, relieve your urine. Well, Steve, it'll blow right back in my, yeah, yeah. Uh, point number six, an argument cannot be won with opposition media because no argument is taking place. This isn't an argument. They're reaching almost no one who's undecided on the second amendment. This isn't, there isn't, the the game here, the game here is to catch people for the Second Amendment looking shallow, stupid, and insensitive so they can run with that headline. That's, that's what the game is here, okay? Again, there is no unwashed middle hanging out on Twitter thinking, man, these are really good arguments. We should do this more often. No, they're not. Um, number seven, the best way to push back on this narrative casting is to go uh, and and buy even more guns and ammo. Instead of jumping on social media and firing rhetorical blanks, you know, go to a Bass Pro Shop or an iTargetPro.com. Just go do that. And stock up because you're going to probably need all that. Number eight, the only way to win this game is not to play. I know we're saying that more and more because it's coming truer and truer. Uh, The best way to stop a fire 
is to deny it oxygen. Don't engage the invading armada from the left. Arm yourself in preparation for your eventual self-defense against it instead. That would be my advice. Number nine, tweeting prayers doesn't do anything unless you're actually praying. Okay, so you don't, you know, don't feel like, oh, I got to jump on and thoughts and prayers. You know what is better than tweeting thoughts and prayers? Can you guys guess? Praying. Doing the actual yeah. praying might be better. Yeah. So. Are you sure about that? I'm confident. How will any, how will anybody know? Though, I'm sincerely was, confident. How will anybody know, though, that I was praying if I don't tweet it? <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Oh, yes. Taking a selfie of yourself praying. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 There you go. Uh, and number 10. I just think this needs to be said one more time, maybe. Uh, Twitter's not America. Twitter's not America. So those are my 10 sincerities uh, when it comes to ma mass shootings, tragedies, and we're going to have more of them. Things are going to get worse and more violent because we're becoming more secular, more detached, more balkanized. Um, and without filter and a unity that comes from um, recognition of the creator our rights come from and that we are responsible to for what we do with those rights, um, we will take these matters more and more into our own hands and do more and more evil to each other, sadly. Your thoughts on that, gentlemen, quickly. Well... It made me think that if you even went out, Ocasio-Cortez is obviously on my mind with her notion of thoughts and prayers. How many people in America you even think know who Ocasio-Cortez is? And we think she's the center of the universe. Right. I bet that's still a pretty low number. It's probably not as low as it was a few months ago. Correct. Yep. Of course yep. not. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, what's funny is I think we intended to make her, the click conservatives intended to make her a construct. And then lo and behold, uh, found out she actually represented. We were we were like trying to make her the face of the Democratic Party, and then lo and behold, found out along the way. Oh crap! She actually does represent a whole segment of the Democratic Party. <laughs> she does. That's why she's on all these shows, Trevor Noah, and all these shows all the time, talking to him all the time. She does represent a large segment of that party, and that's what's raised her name ID. It wasn't us click serving her. It was the fact that the other side was like, yeah, that's our that's our girl Friday. Yeah, you bet she is. She's the new hotness. Uh, if I could get this in here, yeah, real quick. My takeaway from all of this, going back to what you started with at the very beginning and then the second to last sincerity, is um, this was all. This is all done in recognition of the fact that human nature is not basically good. Mm -hmm. Almost all of the debate and virtue signaling and National Review white papers on sensible gun control. Sensible. Sensible gun control are not done with that recognized they are all of these are, debates are from premises that does not recognize that when you recognize though that human nature is not basically good and that you are in need of a savior and when you see tragedy around you and when you see carnage around you your first instinct is what you articulated steve is is sadness um it's it is to uh, want to weep with those who weep because you recognize that this is not just a loss of life. This could be losses of souls for eternity. So I just, 
not, not trying to virtue signal, but this the entire debate and all of the hot takes, I don't think have any of that in mind. Hey, reports say about 80% of New Year's resolutions uh, are done by the time uh, we reach this time of year because the number one resolution uh, by far uh, is weight loss and getting healthier. And uh, sometimes your resolution failed because you did. Other times, because, you know, our bodies just don't have the metabolism that they used to have. Uh, and, and that's why I want to introduce you to a new product called Riduzone. Uh, it's a supplement. You turn over the bottle. It's got three or four ingredients. That's one of the main reasons we like it. One of the main ingredients, OEA, you find it in olive oil. Uh, our bodies produce it. Uh, it's a natural metabolism booster. It's just as we get older, our bodies produce a lot less of it. Now, you could go and just drink olive oil. You're like, hey, man, I love olive oil. Okay, well, you'll need about a half a bottle a day. That that might be severe. Uh, or you can just take one capsule of Riduzone and get the uh, exact same benefits and results. Uh, and right now, Riduzone is offering our audience here at the Steve Day Show 30% off a three-month supply if you use promo code Steve when you go to Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, Riduzone.com, promo code Steve, 30% off. If you've fallen off the New Year's resolution wagon, get back up. Why do we fall down so we can get back up? And, and let Riduzone kind of give you that boost that you need to kick your metabolism back into gear. Riduzone.com, promo code Steve. Hour two is next. And may the force be with you. We are back with hour two, live and on demand on the blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888-933-93 is the number. 888-933-93. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name for those of you listening on the podcast or Blaze Radio, D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening today on the Blaze podcast, uh, please, on the podcast platform of your choice, consider leaving us a five-star review. Uh, the more of you that do that, the more opportunities we have to find people just like you. Many of you have already done so. Thank you. Uh, for uh, taking care of that for us. We greatly appreciate that. Hey, do you have itchy ears, ear pain, that plugged up feeling? If I described any of those symptoms, maybe you're the guy always asking or gal, hey, can you repeat yourself? You know, we just came out of a brutal winter uh, throughout much of the country, and now we head straight into allergy season. So if these problems sound familiar to you, you could be like millions of Americans forced to visit the doctor for a professional ear cleaning, but now you can get the same professional results with the comfort and convenience of your own home to boot. That's right. No more trips to the doctor, no more waits at the doctor's waiting room, and without a prescription as well. That's why you want to check out WaxRx. They have a physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and then soothes the ear with a pH-conditioned formula. And right now, if you use offer code radio at checkout, you'll get free shipping. So go to the website right now. All one word, usewaxrx.com. That's usewaxrx.com, offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. Before we get to today's truth bomb, quick note, if because this is going to be you know one of the biggest events when it comes to office pools, handicapping, wagering, is the NCAA tournament every year, right? Before you turn in your bracket, 
Make sure you watch today's episode of We Talk Sports between with me and Kurt Schilling. All right. Before you turn it in, trust me, Aaron and Todd, you guys were here when we yep. did the taping. Is it worth it? If you're serious about winning it anyway, is this something that is worth hanging around and making sure you watch before you turn in your one sheet of integrity? Indeed. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's not like it's going to take you a ton of time to do this. I mean, if you want to win, then invest a little bit of time. Really, there's only about eight minutes, uh, eight to ten minutes in the middle of the show where Steve goes through his plethora of tips using facts and data to uh, help you fill out your bracket. You should do it. And Steve didn't even mention it has anything to do with which uniforms he likes best, which is hard for him, I know, but that's not even... Because I am the self-appointed uniforms are. Correct. That is true. Uh, But no, this is... uh, I've I've gone to a different approach in my bracket the last couple of years. I went my whole life and never won an NCAA tournament pool. And then the last two years, I have crushed it using these analytics. Uh, For example, in 2017, I finished in the top 1% overall at ESPN.com. That's like out of... 50 million people, guys. Okay, so I'm going to share some of these data tips with you because that's what we're, you know, we're here for you, the people. Okay, uh, so you want to make sure before you turn in your bracket, all right, watch today's show. We talk sports. You can get it right here at The Blaze. Many of the same podcast platforms where you subscribe to this show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of it there as well. Or you can go on YouTube, search We Talk Sports, all one word, on YouTube, and uh, you can check out today's show there. All right, let's get to it. We continue our study of my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. Endorsed by the great one, Mark Levin, Ben Shapiro, Dan Bongino, Matt Walsh, and of course, Glenn Beck. And we've been going through this book chapter by chapter. If you've not picked up your copy yet, you can still, copies are available right now, bookstores everywhere, including amazon.com. If you have picked up your copy, if you'd leave us a five-star review, We would appreciate it. You can do that at Amazon.com as well. This week, we're going into confronting lie number five. It's too hard to start a new party, so we're stuck with the GOP. And the truth bomb I drop on this lie in this chapter is that we're stuck with the GOP because there's too much money to be made by sticking with it. So, gentlemen, I now turn it over to you. Well... The, the wealth that you mention causes a great chasm, a great disconnect between uh, the elites and us. And I think there's – you use a particular example in this book. I'll leave it uh, for uh, the readers of the book to find out later. But there's a, a example going on right now in pop culture, and you discussed it last week, that I think makes the point even better. It has to do with Lori Laughlin. When I asked uh, a little while ago, I asked our readers on uh, our followers on Twitter. Uh, I, I, my wife and I are looking for a new show. They they said, "When calls the heart, Lori Laughlin." Uh, my wife and youngest daughter love okay. that show. So we've never yeah. seen it, but Lori Laughlin's in that. <laughs> a kid, a, a show that your kids and my kids both watch. She's Full House and now Fuller House. Mm-hmm. We think as Republicans that when we're vo- when we're voting, we're voting for somebody who's like the Lori Laughlin you see on those two shows. I have, I assume she's playing somebody fairly virtuous. You know, <laughs> We're really voting yeah. for the real-life Lori Laughlin. <laughs> That's the point you're making in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what's happened... How honest can I be? No BS. 
that's why I'm asking myself how honest I can no be. No BS. Okay. Well, there's no BS. And then there's like, you know, I really want to cease working now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you wrote the book, man. Uh, there's no BS. And then there's, I'll take things you say when you've decided on an alternative form of compensation, Alex. Um, I guess since Aaron and I are compensated by you as well, yeah. Uh, Whatever you got to do, man. Let me let me put it a certain way. Going the whole Ben Kenobi here from a certain point of view. From a, yes, from a from a certain point of view. One of the opportunities that. In fact, a good way of, of making this point, and maybe a good, since they are no BS, a safer way of me making this point is, is something I've already talked about, and it, and it didn't get us fired, so apparently it's okay for me to bring it up again. So a, a couple of months ago, there was a, a piece, and I, I can't remember if it was the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, and it was by some legal bigwig in the Bush administration, the George W. Bush administration. Actually, I think it was both Bush administrations. And it's it's when the whole thing, the, the shutdown was still happening. Um, and the whole notion that uh, Trump could declare an emergency declaration at the border as a way of ending the shutdown, but dealing with the situation was first being bandied about and debated. And whether it had any constitutional merit whatsoever. And this gentleman had written a column because he, he said he was listening to a, a, a self-avowed, described, constitutional, stalwart conservative on the radio. He didn't mention the name. Uh, and he said he was, he was listening to him on the radio defend something that was just obviously not constitutional. Because that's what conservative media is now. Whatever Trump says is what's new and it's what conservatism stands for. And this debate was literally one day old and I had not even seriously entered into intellectually looking at it myself yet. So I didn't really have a position at the time. And um, I was just struck instantly though by let's just, and I think we even talked, yeah, we did talk about it on the show the next day. And I made the point, let's assume his, his constitutional analysis is correct without us having dug into the, the emergency issue ourselves yet. But for the sake of his argument, let's assume he's right. He wasn't upset when a different, um, a different cachet of, of conservative media, when his guys were in charge, decided that Medicare Part D was conservative now. Decided that Race to the Top and Common Core was conservative now. Decided that No Child Left Behind was conservative now. Decided that endless war in Muslim lands, not because we're like creating strategic partnerships or mini Guantanamo bays where we can annihilate our Islamist enemies if they try this again, but because we are earnestly attempting to culturally progressively terraform Bedouin, uh, you know, sectarian violence that predates us by, you know, a thousand years before the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock, that that was conservative now. He didn't have any complaints about altering the principles of conservatism in order to curry favor when his guys were in charge. What kind of precedent will this set? Exactly. Steve? That's exactly right. So his real issue is this, that he, he's complaining about something that's not new in conservative media. It's why I have a select group of friends 
Because I don't, I don't play well with others where this stuff is concerned. Are they all in this room right now? <laughs> Most, not all. <laughs> you don't have any friends. <laughs> Nobody great, likes you. It's a great. That was a good line, Tom. It was good. Yeah. I, 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 I'm just. I don't care. You know, if if. I gave up caring what most of you thought a long time ago. And if I think I'm right, uh, I will not be persuaded by, well, so-and-so doesn't agree. It won't persuade me. It won't. And um, if I didn't like what somebody said last week about 10 things, but I like a, something they said this week about one thing, I'm going to agree with them on that one thing, regardless of the 10 things they said last week I don't like. I'm just... I'm going to try this whole think for myself thing. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a go. You are a rock. You are an island. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to give it a I'm going to give it a whirl and see where it ends up. All right. Look at him and his Simon and Garfunkel drop right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know. Yeah, it's Hello Darkness, my old friend. <laughs> but um <laughs> the uh, the thing is when 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 Trump's positions on immigration, it don't keep it. This it had nothing to do with his adulteries or any of that. They, they, they don't care about stuff like that. Many of these people, you know, what are they doing with their nights? You know what I'm saying? Okay, it's it's really his positions on immigration they find beyond distasteful, and and to a lesser degree, um, his tariffs and those sorts of things, which we don't ideologically agree with either. When, when the traditional, as it was known in the past, conservative team GOP infrastructure decided it, that Trump was beneath them getting their hands dirty. Like this gentleman writing this column in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Nature abhors a vacuum, right? So if the traditional... You know, we're here to shill for, you know, whoever Crossroads, Carl Rove's super PAC is dropping 20 million in our primary for. If that infrastructure is not going to go to battle and war for Donald Trump, it, he may have a larger than life personality, but he's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere. Okay, even even someone with the personality as large and in charge as Donald Trump's has to have surrogates, right? Has to have people that go places and, and, and say things on his behalf that he can't always be at. So in the traditional Team GOP infrastructure, because they found his views on immigration to be abhorrent and to a lesser degree uh, opposed his... Uh, Ice, you know, his isolationist economic policies, like on things like uh, tariffs, when it decided that Trump, they can't even with Donald Trump, they were not going to get their hands dirty for him. They weren't going to break a sweat for him. Something had to replace that. And what you've seen in recent years is that a lot of that has been replaced with the sorts of people that the old system didn't want to create into stars, didn't want to elevate their brands. Some of it is because they were actually conservative. And some of it was because, frankly, they're just not very good at this, which is why they're on Russia today now. So um, it, it depended, really, on the individual circumstance. Some of these people that have become new stars, relatively new stars in conservative media, are new stars because they have they got first in line at the... Uh, um, 
in the butt kissing line and have no other definable skill other than Trump. I love Trump. And if and if it was somebody else that had given them a shot at the big time, they would have loved. I love somebody else. I love them. Making me relevant. Making me money. Making me famous. And then some of it are people who the Republican Party hates more than Democrats and would have just, no matter how good they were at this, were never going to put them on, let them get on Fox. Let them get a column, uh, a radio show, because they are earnestly conservative. And they weren't going to uh, tolerate, because I've told you before, what's the number one rule of, of mainstream media? You're not allowed to do what? Attack the Republican Party from the right. That's not permitted. Can't do it. Can't attack the Republican Party from the right. So I'll leave it up to you know all of you within the sound of my voice to make up your mind. You're smart enough. You you're the you consume more of this content than I do. You can decide who is who's who's just here because they can just shill like no other, and who's here because uh, Trump's more populist streak gave them an opening to have their voice heard when the traditional GOP smart set wanted nothing to do with them. It's it it's a case by case circumstance. That's the safest way. I think I can answer your question if you catch my drift. You, I do. You, you pick up what I'm laying down here? I do. Okay. New opportunities don't just... New opportunities create create opportunities for opportunists every bit as much as they do for those who were previously and wrongfully denied an opportunity. Maybe that's a good way of saying it. Sure. Okay. So is this kind of akin to... I, I've been thinking about this more and more. Would this... What I'm about to lay out makes sense. And then I have a three-part uh, question that we can get to later in the hour. Um, a three-part one? A three-part question. Hello, darkness, have, my old friend. I have thoughts. Hey, a rock feels no pain and an island never cries, Steve. So um, you the call me truth out. bomb. The, yeah. The <laughs> this has gone off the rails. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Truth, go ahead. The truth bomb is uh, that the Republican Party – exists still uh, if i can quote this we're still st- stuck in the gop because there's too much money to be made by sticking with it so when you talk about people uh republicans or you know the consultant class or talk uh, smart set when you talk about them just finding donald trump's views on immigration abhorrent why don't they just leave the, the question becomes why don't they just become democrats why, why don't they just become president uh, uh, um, some of them have uh, but- progressives and the answer to that question is because there's too much money to be made yeah. from this so this yeah. kind of analogy that i'm about to draw i'm not sure if it's going to be a good one-to-one but is it kind of like is the republican party kind of like the grateful dead um i don't know if they they're it's not, not around but if they were uh they wouldn't be making new music um, but there's still an audience for them, so they just Driving keep playing. Driving the train, yeah. So it, high on cocaine, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's still an audience for them, so of course we're going to make a little bit of money, but we're not going to offer anything new. We're not going to shake things up. We're not going to reinvent ourselves at all. We're just here to kind of grift because, um, as much uh, you know, as much as you want, if you're not offering anything new, you still need a base of people. To yes, um, to support you, and that's what the Republican Party is. There's a base of people, and then there's the Republican Party, just sometimes doing greatest hits, but not really offering anything of substance that's different from the rest of the crowd. Is that kind of a fair analogy? Yeah, I mean, there there is the Grateful Dead metaphor works on nine cosmic levels that you just dropped. You, you may have dropped a better metaphor than even you and your millennial yeah, arrogance don't. understand. I don't. I just know Grateful okay. Dead has a cult following. I that's mean, it. you know. Like, let's say you're the athletic director at 
Um, uh, you're the athletic director at Kansas State. Okay. Why aren't you the athletic director at Alabama? Because what hasn't happened yet? Alabama hasn't hired you to be the athletic director at Alabama. So guess what you're going to need to continue to do to, in order to make money? Continue to be the athletic director at Kansas State. <laughs> All right, the Grateful Dead analogy. Like they haven't done anything new. Touch of Gray, I think, was on the Billboard Top 10 chart in 86. Who was president in 86? <laughs> Reagan. Reagan. Republican Party hasn't really done anything new. Since Reagan, until now, now it, it, it's not often successful. It, it is far more often clumsy, but Trump is trying to do stuff new compared to what we've seen from Team GOP. None of us can deny that, right? That is true. I mean, he, ha he has stepped on some of their shibboleths, no doubt about that, okay? Um, so, you know, if Jerry Garcia were still alive, you're not going to hear new stuff. You're, you're going to hear Uncle John's band. You're going to hear One More Saturday Night. Okay, you're going to hear St. Stephen. And I guarantee I just dropped more Grateful Dead tracks than almost any other conservative member, member of the conservative media is probably capable of. Okay, that's the benefit of hanging out with stoners in college. All right, so you're going to hear, and, and, and that's why you're going. Because you want, you want it to be the summer of love all over again. You want to experience that, you know, that connection you want to experience that all that those heydays, salad days all over again. Meanwhile, the culture's kind of moved on here. That's another cosmic level of your analogy that has taken place here. All right. And let me let me go to your th th a third level. You, your your analogy is three dimensional chess. We found some Todd. Aaron's analogy I, is three dimensional chess. Kept, you did it. I you kept, did it. I kept telling you guys it's always four dimensional chess, and you wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> Never listen to me. So remember the twenty twelve election. And Dick Morris and Carl Rove are on Fox News every day. Romney's going to win. All the polls are wrong, right? Remember this? Yes. Okay. And you know, and Rom and, and, and Rove's got the whiteboard out, right? Okay. And then after the election, who won? Not Romney. Not Romney. Not Romney won, right? So two people were on Fox virtually every night on every show, telling us Romney was going to win. Romney did not win. One of them ceased being on Fox after Romney's loss, and one of them remained. How did they make this choice? I've never, ever set foot inside Fox News Studios. The rare times they've had me on over the last eight or nine years, it's always been a, by a remote location here in Iowa. All right? So I've never been inside their inner sanctum. I, and, and you know what? I don't have to be to know the answer to this question. Because one of those guys owns a super PAC that raises about $400 million each campaign cycle to help sell out Fox's um, campaign ad avails during an election year. And the other guy's name's Dick Morris. Which guy's not on Fox anymore? Dick Morris. Dick Morris. Uh, that's 400 million reasons why that's the case. Okay. So as long as Karl Rove can continue to produce $400 million. See, the number one reason that these people hated Trump is he was going to end their shell game. That, that's really what it was. That's why they hated his views on immigration and things of that nature. They didn't even think he believed this stuff. They just knew that the base did. And nobody, nobody hates the Republican base more than the Democrats, except the Republicans. They, they, they want you, they want you to shut up and vote. 
not be motivated on any of your issues, not have any accountability after election day, not demand anything whatsoever. And that uh, they just rattle their zippers the night before the election, scream out, but the Democrats, you show up like mindless lemmings. You're like, you're like zombie Republicans, Democrat, instead of brain, Democrats, Democrats, Democrats. And you just show up in droves, the walking dead. Okay. <laughs> just show up. Democrats, 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 grab a ballot, Democrats, straight Republican, go back. And then keep your mouth shut and have no opinions until the next election and only the day before. And if we want some lip from you, we'll rattle our zipper. That's essentially what Team GOP thinks. And now here comes this guy with this larger-than-life personality. Um, and he's adding it to your voice. That's why they hate him. They don't care about issues. Rick Wilson and Stephen Schmidt are going to get progressively, pardon the pun, nastier, progressively angrier because you've relegated them to being the G team on MSNBC. Yeah. They, they were, were the, they were they, the A team before this era. They were the big fish in the little pond. You bet. He hate me. That's what it says on the back of their jersey. All right. It's going to get worse. It's going to get much worse because they were... They were they were the T birds here at uh, at the high school. You hurt their bottom line. Yeah, you got in the way of the scam. So there's that aspect to this as well. It, it's not about Trump. It's about you. It's always been about you. It's about what Trump represents. That's what it's about. They hate you. They've made that abundantly clear, I don't know how many times. And what will be fascinating when this is over, they're going to try to go back to the way things used to be. And many of you are going to be like, hell no. Hell no. What do you mean we can't? What do you mean we just sit here and, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we just have more lenient OSHA standards uh, for your K Street buddies while the Democrats uh, haul my kids off to uh, give them mandated forced gender reassignment surgery. Now, we can't win on those. Those things don't pull well. You mean all your polls that told me Trump was never going to win? Right? That argument? Oh. <laughs> the greatest lie is that things are going to get better on the right when Trump goes away. That's the greatest. That's why I dealt with the Trump issue right at the top of the book and got it out of the way because that's the great lie. And it couldn't be any less true. You know, we talked about ice teas tweet at the top of the show that outside of someone quoting the scriptures in context, nothing from human intuition that will be said this year will be truer than that tweet from ice tea that y'all are just showing all kinds of people disrespect on social media. Cause there's no fear of getting punched in the mouth. The idea that, Things on the right will improve by Trump going away is the opposite of that. No other lie is less true than that one. <laughs> that doesn't come directly from the devil himself. No other lie is less true than that one. The genie is out of the bottle. It cannot be put back in. Oh, no. No, things aren't going to be better. And if you think this is fun now, 
It's going to get more fun when Trump goes away. As they try to stuff the genie back in the bottle and you all are like, hell no, I'm not having it. I will be fascinated when we all get up one day after Trump's gone. And, and if Fox decides to return to the channel that was before Fox, before Trump emerged, like Mitt Romney, John McCain, and, Mitt, and Marco Rubio's third place finish in Iowa was the greatest accomplishment ever television. Oh, man. I need to stop now because I'm going to have to smoke a preemptive cigarette. I mean, it, it's that's going to be fun. Hey, if that didn't fire you up enough, if you are lagging with energy, might I suggest the all-natural dawn to dusk from our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, a team of doctors that looks for clean energy to help you focus and improve not just your energy and your output, but even your mood. Uh, at the same time. And you know what? I use this product on a regular basis. No jitters, no afternoon crashing, uh, no calories and no sugar. And it's not also no 9,000 uh, chemicals in, uh, on, the, on the label that you can't pronounce. Don't get your energy uh, from where you get your gasoline. That's energy for the car, not for humans. Cars and humans are different. Okay? Car, can we say that today? Uh-huh. Okay, cars and humans are different. Go to the gas station to get energy for your car. No, go to go to people that are doctors that go to the sources that nature and the creator intended to get energy for you. All right, so check out our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. Get yourself a bottle of this groundbreaking formula. And if you use my name, Steve, as a promo code, you get 15% off your first order today. Here's the website, BrickhouseSteve.com. One more time, BrickHouseSteve.com. Use my name, Steve, as a promo code uh, to get uh, 15% off your first order today. So when we come back, we continue our book study. Uh, You have a three-part question? Yeah, I don't think it'll take you super long to answer, but it could. So yeah, I've got a a three-part question. I'm sure Todd has more questions too. How many parts are your questions? One. Yeah. (laughs) I'm purposely, purposefully <laughs> trying to throw you up, set you up for failure because that's what a good producer does. Well, I want to say then if that's that, if that's what a good producer does, you're underpaid. So. <laughs> you want to tease your question? What we're going to talk? What it you has want to, to ask do with about? how we break out of this? What yeah. we do to shake things up? Yeah. What are our options? What makes you think we want to? Oh, I don't think we do. But you don't believe in the Kobayashi Maru, so. Uh, and you wrote the book once again. All right, we'll come back. More on truth bombs, confronting the lies conservatives believed to our own demise next here live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. So right now, there are 50 million kids attending America's public schools. And the left's not even trying to hide it anymore. They've made it clear their intention is to indoctrinate the next generation with their ideology. So real-world skills like reading, writing, arithmetic, American history have been replaced with social justice, gender confusion, 
and test-driven instruction in the classroom. Thankfully, if you wanted a choice, you now have one. It's called Freedom Project Academy. This is why FPA was created. It's an accredited classical online school built on Judeo-Christian values for students in kindergarten through high school. Freedom Project Academy has taken the interaction of the traditional classroom and created an online atmosphere where students across the country are instructed by live teachers in small classes who teach students how to think not what to think. If you want more information, go to freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. Request your free information packet today. All right, freedomforschool.com. Enroll by March 31st to take advantage of the best early bird discount. Our son Noah has attended Freedom Project Academy for the last couple of years, in fact. Um, Again, take back control of your kids' education, freedomforschool.com. And if you're looking for uh, another podcast to listen to, by the way, Dr. Duke Pesta, who is uh, the mucky muck over there at FPA, uh, you can subscribe to his show, Dr. Duke. Uh, on iTunes as well, and uh, him and I got to know each other because he was one of the uh, one of the the trailblazers in taking on the canard of Common Core several years ago. All right, so freedomforschool.com. That's the website. Let's get back to today's uh, or this week's study of my new book, Truth Bombs: Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believed or Our Own Demise. We're looking at uh, lie number five. Uh, it's too hard to start a third party, meaning the legal challenges, the bureaucracy, et cetera. And those those things are uh, difficult uh, hills to climb. Don't get me wrong, but they're not the primary reason why we don't have a third party. The, the primary reason why we don't is just too much money to be uh, made by sticking with Team GOP. Aaron, I am dying to know what a three-part question looks like. So I'm going to go to you here for this segment first. So I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here a little bit. You lay out a few um, alternatives, uh, you know, moving forward, steps, uh, different possibilities moving forward um, as it pertains to a vehicle that will actually listen to its base and uh, advance some values more than the Republican Party does. Uh, First part of the question is, could you put Vegas odds, uh, as we stand right here today, on which one of those possibilities that you laid out is most likely to happen? Uh, The second part is, why do you believe that? And then the third part is, is that the right question to be asking at at the moment? Okay, so... In this chapter, I intentionally don't take a side. Yep. Um, on where I think the future is. Okay. And yep. And the reason why is because I think there's adequate pros and cons for every single one of them. And again, one of our mottos is often uh, we're not trying to win an argument, we're trying to start one. I, I think this is a conversation that people in conservative leadership and media with platforms and um, resumes far more impressive than mine need to take the lead on having this conversation over time. So in this chapter, we lay out what the pros and cons to each of those approaches are, okay? If if I had to lay odds on, give me a time frame. Give me a time frame for your question. Uh, next three, yeah, next, no, no, next four election cycles counting presidential elections. So 15 years? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I had to lay odds in the next 15 years, I would say the um, uh, two to one, there will be a new party. It's pretty good. Three or four to one, things will remain as they are right now. Um, and then I think any other option 
would be much higher. And the reason that I would put there's going to be a, I think there will be a third party is I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's a personality that has emerged that is going to be capable of holding this coalition together. Someone that can speak and act credibly to the traditional GOP mainstream at simultaneously addressing the concerns that Trump rightfully glommed onto. In the immediate future, I think that question is secondary in many people's minds to the clear and present danger of the Democrats becoming Communist Party USA. But at the rate we're decelerating and devolving now, they're they're going to reach full red here far before the next four cycles, like maybe the next one. Meaning that where they're going to be and the pressure they're going to put on the culture as a result. If and when the current political coalition of what's left of America cannot push back on that adequately, then the the debate will become far more earnest. And I don't really think, by the way, it'll be, I I think you'll see, I, I wish I was wrong, but I don't think it'll be like everyday Americans or a lot of the most, if you look at, it's usually the most principled conservatives and conservative media usually go to war for the Republican Party the most viciously in, a, in an election cycle. And it's because they are the ones that recognize the ideological challenge the Democrats are making uh, to the premise of the country. It's going to be more and more of the of the Bush wing will go and do their own thing. Um, it'll be the mainstream of the Republican Party that will leave us, not the other way around, I believe. I mean, I, I, it'll be the Bulwarkian. Um, and while there's, that's not a lot of people, that's a hell of a lot of money. And I think that's, I think that's the split that is to come. Does that answer your question? Yes. And I mean, as far as the the right question to be ans- asking right now, is that what you meant by the, you know, at the rate that we're decelerating that part yes, of the, your yeah, answer? Yeah. That's why the first thing I asked you was the time frame. Yeah. Because I think for most people that are within the sound of my voice right now, they're looking See, at what the Democrat Party is pushing and thinking, we don't have time for this conversation right now. It's the right question to be answering, asking, but it's not the first question yeah. to be asking. Yeah. Now, but they're going to put and exert so much influence and pressure on the culture within the next decade that barring revival, the current political alignment will be beyond irrelevant and useless against it also. And that, that will prompt questions of what to do instead. And I think you'll see the, 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 the establishment wing of the party is far more likely, I think, to break away and do their own thing, thinking really all we want to do is cut deals with Democrats to get, you know, regula- regulatory breaks for our donors, and we're not interested in any of these cultural fights whatsoever. Todd? Well, to the extent that you were more aspirational uh, than that, you cite several ways, tactics that you would use, uh, potentially could be used to break things up. Um, smaller scale, you uh, focus a, party, a, a smaller party breakaway around wedge issues. Uh, so that a party would have to come and broker with you for that specific vote, but it, it would entail enough voters 
uh, that would also be inclined to vote on other <clears throat> things that it would benefit them to work with you mm-hmm. far more. You use the life issue as an example. It could be any other issues. But in another way, you talk about umbrellas. The less priority of the umbrella of politics, more priority the umbrella of the church and pop culture. Make that the bigger umbrella. So uh, both, I think, theoretically sound sharp. My question to you is, how is the health of our wedges and our umbrellas that even make those viable in reality? Well, the, the problem with focusing on larger cultural church engagement is that if we were ready and equipped to do that, we probably wouldn't be in the situation exactly. politically we're in right now exactly. to begin with. Um, I am fascinated, and I, I chose not to explore it more in the book because I think it required more analysis than even another 10 pages of writing in the book. It may even require its own book, frankly. But I am fascinated at the notion of wedge parties. That may be the answer. You know, I used to be, it wasn't too long ago, you you've, would have even heard me say this, guys. I, I'm, I, you know, before you ask me about a third party, I'd like to try a second party first, right? I, I am coming, I'm, I'm intellectually curious. Maybe that's the best way of saying it. I'm willing to investigate the notion then maybe we don't need a second, a, 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 a true conservative second party or a third party option to the Republican Party. Maybe what we actually need are five or six parties. That it's the other way around. Um, and, and what has me wondering and thinking about this is whatever you think of him, the most impactful election outcome in the West in terms of changing a paradigm, certifiable change of a paradigm, putting the elite sectors of power on their heels. The most impactful election outcome in the West since Reagan put the the, the elite sectors on their heels with his economic policies and his more aggressive posture to the Soviet Union is Nigel Farage and Brexit. You may like him, you may not. You may think he's a clown. You may love him. You may, it, that's irrelevant. I'm not, I'm not here to debate. I'm not taking the character stand for Nigel Farage. I've never met him, okay? I'm simply observing an outcome. That's all I'm saying. So this isn't a, this isn't a judgment. It's an observation. Tell me in the West, in your lifetime, because I don't believe Obama was a paradigm shifter. I think it was a paradigm confirmer. I think he's just the next step in the progressive evolution. But what, what Brexit did is is it it dropped a bomb on that evolution. And they still can't figure out how to navigate it. Because they, the elites in power in places like the UK continue to craft plans to essentially try and screw the voters over. And the voters are like, no, we're not doing that. Now, Farage, what did he get? Like one or two some minuscule number of MPs, ministers of parliament, members of Congress to, to us. He only got like a couple of MPs elected from his UK Independence Party in what, like 20 years or something. But when a referendum referendum was 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 created that transcended the two-party environment between Labour and Tory in England, in the UK. That gave him the opening to put a wedge right between the two and create a whole new coalition around this. And I'm, well, Steve, if we splinter, limited government's gone. That, that, that's really, honestly, if you, you want no BS, let me give you some no BS. 
the fight you have the least chance to win, and it's not even close, is limited government. So if you're sticking for, with Republicans for limited government, smaller, I mean, I, I mean, I, then you still believe you're not going to get pregnant the first time either. Okay, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. That's a total fallacy canard. There's zero chance of that winning in the environment. In the, that'll be the last issue we win. That'll be the last issue we win without revival. Because an immoral people always wants more government. Always. Like there's a better chance of ending abortion before you defund Planned Parenthood. A much better chance. A much better chance. Why? Because until I'm confronted with the reality of what abortion is, I don't have a problem of funding it. See, we always want to attack the materialistic side of the equation. It's always the moral side that wins. The materialistic follows the moral, guys, not the other way around. This is the difference between having a political party led by the Koch brothers and having a political party that's led by people who actually believe in fundamental transcendent things. You're trying to impact the moral via the material. It's the other way around. They've won all of their arguments by changing the morals and the material has followed. Which, other than the fact everything we think is wrong, we're killing it right now. End Planned Parenthood. End, end, end the evil of abortion. And guess what there won't be any more checks for? Planned Parenthood. It's the other way around. It's not easier to defund Planned Parenthood than it is to end abortion. It's the other way around. Because the defund Planned Parenthood, well, they do birth control. They do other things. Mammograms, so they don't do, they don't do any mammograms. But, but, but the argument is, end abortion. Hey, do you think that's a live kid? We're going to kill it. Watch. What do you think is the easier argument to win? I hope. It's, it, it is. <laughs> yes. now, now, here's the problem, though. Is it the easiest argument to win? Or the easier? Yeah. However, it's also the harder argument to have. Yes. Because you can't get together at Christmas with your pro-choice key, cousins... And say, well, can we at least agree we shouldn't fund this? You see, yeah, because my once point. we say, watch this live being they're about to dismember. There's no more cartilage between you and your, I bought the pro-choice lie family members that you all want to pretend you can find common ground on. And that's what Team GOP wants to do. They want to find common ground on all these things. It's a simple solution, not an easy one. That's, that's right. It's the easier argument to win, but it's the harder argument to have. Okay, so we keep trying to impact the moral through the material. It's the other way around, guys. The last argument we're going to win is limited government, not the first. The last one. So I, I think there's an argument to be made, like what if the NRA was its own party? And just simply said, um, all we care about is guns in the Second Amendment. We don't care about Medicare for all. We don't care about uh, zoning laws. We don't care. So I was reading an article about this, and it's from my old buddy, Joel C. Rosenberg. There's this pitiful, pitiful racist group, basically, in, in Israel that Bibi Netanyahu is apparently giving standing to. Why? Because he needs to form a coalition to win. And so he has this wedge party and, and he's got to give him some standing in order to give himself a governing coalition. That's why, And I understand a parliamentary system is easier to do that than the one we have. I get that. 
But we have not always had just two parties. This didn't actually happen until after the Civil War. You know, I mean, we preserved this union for generations without two political parties making everybody's minds up for them, you know? So, you know, we did manifest destiny without two political parties, you know? We we kept uh, the Redcoats out in 1812 without two major political parties. You know, I mean, I don't know. Worked for a while. So just something I think to contemplate and think about in the future. Is the pro-life issue going to be more successful as its own standalone issue or under the umbrella of the Republican Party where you're 57th in line at the trough to get something? And then that's only, you know, if the Republicans are in power. Like, what does the pro-life lobby do when the Democrats are in control? Send press releases. That's what it does. What else does it do? Do you know? Banquets. Yeah, there's, and by the way, there's nothing else to do. That's my point. They have no, they have no power. None. They're out. They have very little power when Republicans are in charge, none when they're not. Other than that, this seems like a pretty good deal. Homeowners, beware. Data breach just exposed 24 million of you to home title fraud. If you didn't hear me talk about this in hour one, you may think you have identity theft protection. And if you don't, you should. But even if they can't steal your identity to get a credit card in your name or a whole new loan in your name, you know what they can do? Um, scam second and third party places where you do business like uh, where your home's title is kept because now they have a checking account number. They have the last four digits of a social security number. Maiden name, middle initial. They go on to the website where your home's title is kept. Use that information to claim they're you, forge a signature, and now they have your home's title where they get to use that uh, equity uh, for for themselves and not for you. You're like that couple in Philadelphia right now that keeps having their home put up for sale because some guy in North Carolina is trying to do this to them. Don't let that happen to you, especially when home title lock. We'll protect you from it for just pennies a day. Check them out right now at HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Find out if your home's title has already been targeted or compromised for free with a free title scan and report at HomeTitleLock.com. All right, gentlemen, we got about a minute left here. What did we learn today? What do you think? Well, I, I, I like the idea of what you're talking about with wedge issues, uh, mostly because it is just entirely different uh, from the norm. Uh, the odds might not be high for success, but the odds for success currently are almost zero, so it's worth opening yourself up. Yeah, I think probably the best possibility uh, moving forward is some mechanism by which you gum up everything in Congress. Nothing else happens ever again. Of course, that assumes that Congress actually acts on their power. But that's a topic for another day. Thanks for tuning in today. See you tomorrow. Blaze Roundtable coming up later as well. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.